Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. You're listening to episode 223. Before we get started, here's a short message from our sponsor. As a sponsor of Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, we are thrilled to announce that your host, Richard Bliss, will be speaking at Good Crowd 14, the social enterprise and crowdfunding conference at Snowbird, Utah, on September 26th. Register today at 30% off the early registration price at the exclusive Funding the Dream registration page, secfc.co forward slash dream. Welcome to the show, and like the man said, my name is Richard Bliss, and today I am the co-host of Funding the Dream on Kickstarter because I'm joined by my one of my favorite people in the whole world when it comes to Kickstarter, and that is Jamie Stegmeyer. Jamie, thanks for joining me. Hi. Good to be back, Richard. It is. We've, uh, I think too much time's gone by. Uh, we've, uh, lots been going on. You've, you announced that you've got a book coming out. You've, uh, you've just had a successful Kickstarter campaign. I mean, just a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on, and I'm excited to. I always learn something by these experiences, so I'm happy to. Looking forward to sharing what I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, things like that. Well, on my side, I've been experimenting with that Patreon thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm pleased with how that's going. Uh, I know that it's odd. We're having a Kickstarter campaign about Patreon. Um, that's not what we're talking about today. Sorry. Um, but yes, the Patreon. So, and and I encourage listeners who uh, like the show, what Jamie and I are doing to. Go support the pr- program at patreon.com slash Richard Bliss. And thanks to those who have done it. I, le- I got to share you. We're going to get into a topic here that I think is great, but I got to share something with you. Yeah. Um, my podcast platform released a new way of looking at stats. And I'm going to have an episode talking specifically about that. But one of the things it does is it identifies the top states, top countries, top states, top cities that are listening to our show. Yeah, interesting. It is. the top. Well, United States. Uh, well, yeah. And yeah. In terms of states, which which state is number one? Um, you know, I'm going to have to go take a quick look as we're looking. But I got to tell you, the reason I brought it up is because this one of the top ten cities caught me by surprise. Well, f- first of all, St. Louis is in the top ten when it comes to cities. Nice. Yeah, we like that. Uh, you must have yeah. a lot of fans there. Um, San Francisco was in the top ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at. So. Um, Portland, Oregon was, I think, number 10. Uh, but one of the most interesting was Brooklyn, New York. Really? Yeah. Now, why would that be interesting? And why would that jump out at me that Brooklyn is one of our top 10 listening sites? I believe that Kickstarter is based in Brooklyn. Too. I believe that Kickstarter is based in Brooklyn, too. <laughs> yeah. So I found out they're listening right now. <laughs> They're hearing what we're saying, so we, we, we probably need to be careful about what we say because I just found out that they're listening. So, <laughs> and I got it up here. Let's take a quick look at the locations. Um, uh, on average, I'm looking at uh, just like the fast, last five episodes. Uh, Brooklyn's coming in at number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, city number, I guess I could have counted backwards. Uh, but San Francisco's number one. Singapore is number two. Isn't that interesting? Singapore, yeah. Is uh, is Eric? 
I think there's a, a podcaster named Eric, I'm forgetting his last name. But, yeah, I, I think they're, they're pretty big into gaming over there. That's probably maybe one oh, of the Oh, that could be it. St. Louis comes in at number five. Let's see. We've got San Francisco, Singapore, Toronto, Dallas, St. Louis, Los Angeles, Springfield, Missouri, Brooklyn, New York, Tampa, Florida, and Calgary, Alberta. And then the top countries are United States. Canada's number two, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, Singapore, France, New Zealand, Poland, and Italy. I find Poland. that, I, yeah, Poland, Poland, uh, consistently as I've watched over the last little while, a lot of got stuff going on in Poland. I found, it, I found that interesting. Who listens to the podcast? So welcome to everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd love to say hello and, and, and to most of these people, but I don't, I don't know if I speak Canadian, uh, eh? <laughs> Sorry. Now they're, they're listening too. So we got to be careful. All right. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Well, I, I was thinking we'd talk about uh, the idea of commenting, the art of the comments. Maybe the yes. come up with a, like a top five, top ten list of, of how how people can get better at commenting to build up uh, goodwill and build up relationships leading up to a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, this is this is something that's really I feel passionate about. Yeah, uh, uh, and and I know that uh, you have some uh, feelings about this too. Because I'm asked, as you are too, time and time again, how can somebody raise their profile? How can they become known? How do, how do they attract people to their brand, whether it's a personal brand, whether it's their Kickstarter campaign or whatever? And really, comments, I think, are, are underestimated. And there's multiple types of comments, right? There's the Kickstarter comments, and we can talk about that. But, but when it comes to even be beyond the Kickstarter, I talk about leaving comments. I, as people know, I write on Forbes. I spend a lot of time online creating content as a ghostwriter as well. And if you, if you want to be become known, start commenting on people's articles that are in a space that you think is interesting. And one of the things I'm able to do is monitor the effectiveness of those comments because I'll see my LinkedIn profile get a hit, like a blip of suddenly a bunch of unrelated people are looking at my LinkedIn profile. And I sometimes can trace that back to a comment I made in a particular space that it re is reflective on what, where they're at. So what does that do to you as someone who's creating content? What does that do to you when, when you see that name, someone's name pop up more than once and they're actually adding value to your conversation? So I write an article. I post it. Somebody goes and makes a comment. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as a content creator, they go and make a comment. I then look and, and I look every comment. I, there's a saying I have that one comment is worth a thousand page views mm -hmm. because somebody took the time to share with me their opinion. It might be a good comment. It might be a bad comment. Uh, the bad ones are actually sometimes better. Uh, I did an article on Forbes about Kickstarter and crowdfunding, and a gentleman out of MIT, a professor there, just laid into me that I was in no position to talk about this topic. Well, then what happened was is that people who are reading the article, well, they took exception with what he said, and it suddenly became this huge, I think, 50 or 60 comments on my Forbes article. That was awesome. <laughs> but... I do look at who is this person? Who took the time? I will go look at their name. I'll go look them up in LinkedIn. Uh, I will go find out who they are. And it's important to me that they, that I said something that was important. Now, their name pops up again somewhere else. I suddenly have a inclination that, hey, I'm going to pay attention to them because there's this balance that each of us have enter into when we have a relationship with somebody. If, if, if you and I meet for the first time and then I see you, let's say I see you a year later 
and you remember my name and I don't remember yours. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sets up an imbalance. I am now indebted to you. Right. I feel the need to bring that back into balance. And so now I will focus on something. When somebody goes and leaves a comment on your content, they, you wrote the content, but now they have kind of tipped the balance in their favor that you kind of owe them something, right? I know that you respond immediately to in, almost any comment that's ever made, right? Right. But I, and I, but I see what you're saying. I, I tend to notice people who, even if they comment a week apart or a month apart, but I think our, our mind, the human brain is built to start to remember those patterns. Yes. And so when that person comes back two months later, and maybe they have a post on, uh, on a Facebook group about Kickstarter where they need people to look at their Kickstarter campaign, I'm much more likely then to take a few minutes and, and look at their preview page and give them some feedback because I know that they've been active on my, my blog. And isn't that interesting that all it took was just a couple of comments on your blog and suddenly they have Jamie Stigmeyer's attention right? and they have a higher chance that you're going to either follow them, contribute or do something simply because they left a comment. Now, all comments are not created equal. They aren't. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the I guess it's not the number one, but let's start with a number one. What's what's one piece of advice that you would give to people who are about to make comments. So let's, there's five things I think five that jump things. out. Um, you and I uh, have kind of talked about this in the past, but number one, when leaving a comment, don't talk about yourself, right? Oh yes. I remember when this applied to me. Oh, loved your advice because, well, that's slightly different, but Hey, this advice is great because I'm doing a Kickstarter campaign and it fits perfectly in without what I'm doing. So here's the link to my Kickstarter. Don't do that. Right. So create the, don't talk about yourself. Now, um, you can mention how the article or whatever was said contributed to something in your personal life, but make sure that it goes back to the person who wrote the, the, the article. If you're, right. if you're commenting on blogs, so don't make, don't make it about you. Uh, and, and we've all seen it as somebody who's just, you know, they write this thing and it's really just kind of a rambling, Hey, you know, I'm going to use this comment to make me feel important. So don't make it about yourself. Right. And I think there's almost two layers to that. I think, I think it's pretty easy to train yourself not to be self-promotion, self-promotional, but there's a second layer where almost instinctively we talk about ourselves all the time. We think about ourselves all the time. So you really have to start to catch yourself when you do that. I've done it. You've done it. We've, we've all done it. We'll, we'll all do it again. But you have, you have to kind of train yourself to, to realize when you're doing it and refocus back on the content itself or the person who wrote the content. And, and a real quick, easy way just to do a, a reality check is look at your comment and see how many times the word I appears in it. Mm, yeah. It's one of the things I do um, as I'm writing. If I, 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 it's like, whoa, back up, back up. You know, let's fix that. So don't make it about yourself. Number two. Number two, use your real name. Right. I think this is really important because as you're trying to build up this, um, I guess, this Internet awareness of who you are, if you're using some random screen name that you created when you were in eighth grade, no one's going to recognize who you are when you then have a project on Kickstarter or, or when you create your own content on your blog. Oh, if they only did it in eighth grade, uh, <laughs> right? Time and time. I mean, you see people being clever or being, 
and the debate has been, well, I want to build the brand of my company. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? We don't, we don't connect with companies. We connect with people. Right. And so, yes, use your real name. So, so okay. Well, what does that mean? So I have a Twitter account that has my company name. Do I go get a personal one, uh, one with my personal name? That's a good question, actually. I think on Twitter, you can you can use your, your handle can be something other than your your real name. So if you've built already built up a solid following behind your company name, you can still show what your real name is on that account. Yeah, that's so, tough. Yeah. But but if you're going to Forbes and commenting on my article, mm-hmm. um, use your real name because right. he, I'm going to notice. But so is every other person. I, I've got an article out there right now that's doing very well. Uh, five stupid interview mistakes you'll live to regret. Out on Forbes, two hundred thousand page views. If you commented on that early on, that means two hundred thousand people saw your name. And particularly if you commented with something that was interesting, that contributed to the ongoing conversation, then two hundred people are going to remember that. Oh, that. Richard wrote that, and then that person had that really interesting comment or, or afterthought. Right. And, and I would say, Richard, that it's a win-win situation. If, if it's a, a blog entry like that that goes crazy on the Internet, 200,000 hits, that's great. But if also, if it's a blog entry that's only read by 20 people, but you're the only comment on there, that stands out too. It does. It Either does. way. And so use that real name. Use your real name everywhere a chance you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so n- number three – yeah, number three. Go talk, ahead. Talk about things that are interesting to the writer, right? right. So that means that as you're listening, I have a story that I'll, that I'll share, is that whenever I'm in a – if I attend some kind of um, presentation where the speaker is going to ask questions at the end, during the time that I'm listening to them, I'm always looking for the opportunity to find the, the softball question. And what that means is, is that the speaker is going to be going along, going along, and then they're going to find something that they want to talk about, but they just don't have time and they have to move on with their presentation. Look for that. Look for that little hook that they really are interested in. Then what happens is, is that at the end of the presentation, I'm, I'm often the first one to stand up, raise my hand, introduce myself with my real name, and then ask them this question that I've already been queuing up that's all about what they were talking about. It doesn't – I don't – and half the time, I don't even care. It's not something I really want to know. But I want to give the, mm-hmm. the, the speaker an opportunity of going down a path that they find something they find interesting. And so sometimes – and then what happens is everybody in the room turns around and looks because the speaker says, that's a great question. Thank you very much. And then everybody's like, who was that guy? And this is a secret I learned as a very young man um, from – working in the business world, going to presentations and stuff where I was actually asked to ask questions where I was, I came, they came to me and said, Hey, we need, we have a guest who's coming. We really want some questions. Can you ask this question? Uh-huh. And it was one of the first times I was in my early twenties. It was one of the first times. And I was like, sure. I had no idea what the guy was talking about. Um, <laughs> and I'm reading this question. I'm like, I have no idea what this question means. But I practiced it in my head, in my head, and then I stood up. Yeah, I have a question. Blah, 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 blah. And the, the, the speaker was like, wow, that's a great question. <laughs> and I had people coming up to me afterwards wanting my business card, wanting to know who I was. It's an incredibly powerful tool to, to, to ask great questions that are interesting to the speaker. 
I would say that it works particularly well on Kickstarter itself too. On on a pro- not when you're the creator of a project, but when um, you're backing another project, maybe even just for a dollar, so that you can engage in the conversation. If if you're a, a backer, you can and you pay attention to the comments, you'll probably notice that a lot of people ask the same questions, or maybe they're kind of the same things get said in the comments a lot. And so you'll really stand out, not just to the, to the other backers, but to the creator. Two, if you ask a really interesting question that helps generate more conversation, that's I got one that stands out to me that it really has nothing to do with the treasure chest. A backer, I think it was on the last day, asked me uh, how how I came up with the name of, for my cat. You know, it has nothing to do with the project, but it's clear throughout the project that I've, I've talked about my cats. They know I love to talk about my cats, and it was so refreshing to me to take a break from answering all the questions that get asked a hundred times to just spend like 60 seconds to talk about my cat and I, I, I will never forget that comment even though it's you know doesn't really add that much but it, it stands out it does and it does and, and there is a, this is why we're calling it the art of the comment because there is an art to asking those questions yeah okay let's st- so here's another one building up number four building upon points that the person has made right right so as they're going along you can now contribute to the conversation. There's one thing to ask questions that are interesting to the person, but sometimes, and I think you're the one that mentioned this, right? Is that they ask a question that helps you see, see your own article in it or your own content in a different light. Right. And, and they say it, it's really helpful if they say it in a constructive way. Like there's, you can approach comments with a, a negative or a positive construct. But if you, if you approach it with the idea where you're trying to add to the conversation or add to the content that they've just created, um, that's really helpful for any, any creator, especially for me. And you've seen it probably on podcasts where people comment on a podcast and they, they add a new – like some, maybe someone will comment in on this and they'll add a, num- a number six to the end of our five-point list. Oh, and yeah. That's great. It is. That'll be great. And it'll, it'll be there forever, that comment. Or will they send and say, hey, you know, I've really enjoyed that, but it would be nice if I heard this. Um, mm-hmm. as they expound on, oh, yeah, that's a different angle that we could have went, and uh, thank you very much. Yes, that's a, great, that's a great way to contribute to the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then number five, and you're the master of this one. Um, you call it timing. Yeah, because we're talking about, I mean, it, the, someone listening to this could be overwhelmed by the idea of going to all the blogs they read every day and commenting all, on all of them. And so I just want to be clear that what I do personally is I try to pick kind of my favorite blog entry that I read every day, something that really makes me think or that inspires me, and I either share it and or I comment on it. And so having that, that, that baby step, that small goal of just doing one a day that, really, that I'm really compelled to comment on, that's, a, that's an achievable goal. And you know um- – our listeners are telling – they listen to our podcast. They are reading blogs. They're watching YouTube videos. Uh, this applies to Twitter, to Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. If you're back, backing a Kickstarter campaign, we're not saying go to the Kickstarter campaign and comment every day on that Kickstarter campaign. But what we're talking about is find a way to make a comment somewhere out there so that your name is being contributed to the conversation of the market that you want to participate in and have your brand rise in, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And really that drip, drip, drip every single day, that's, that's just a critical piece of that. And perhaps that's a good challenge for us to end the, the podcast on today, that maybe when someone, when, they're, when you're done listening to this, 
find uh, a blog that really inspired you today or a podcast or a, or a tweet or a Facebook post and, and right now go, go comment on it. Um, take two, you know, it takes one minute, two minutes to do that. And tell you what, if you comment on it, tweet it to me at Richard Bliss or at GameWhisperer.com so that I, so that I can see it. And, and Jamie, you know, maybe they can do the same thing. Hey, heard the podcast and went and commented on this. That'll do a couple of things. One, you're sharing the love a little bit with the people you commented on. And so uh, we'd love to see those, those of you that are, uh, have that take up Jamie's challenge. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm Jamie Stegmeyer on Twitter. And you're, are you Richard A. Bliss? Richard, Richard Just Richard Bliss. Bliss. Richard, Richard Bliss, Bliss and Jamie Stegmeyer. Hey, we're out of time, Jamie. I appreciate your time. This has been great. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My co-host has been Jamie Stegmeyer for our regular segment. This time it's been The Art of the Comment, Five Steps to being effect- Using Comments as an Effective Marketing Tool. We know you've heard something inspiring. We look forward to hearing your comments, see- excuse me, seeing your comments and seeing your tweets as you send them out to us. And don't forget to visit patreon.com slash Richard Bliss to go and pledge for the podcast to keep it going and show your support. Thanks for listening. Take care. 